This meeting is being recorded. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today for the AIAA Los Angeles Las Vegas section um, uh, presentation today. Uh, we have yep. uh, a distinguished speaker, Dr. Swati Sasena from NASA Ames in Moffett Field uh, to speak to us about a very exciting program. Um, this, this event was scheduled actually in November, but because uh, you know NASA wants to review it, so it took a little bit more time. Uh, but really highly appreciate Dr. Sasena's uh, effort and uh, to make it happen. Um, and uh, so uh, we can chat a bit more in the Q&A. Uh, we have a couple of events coming up, uh, but please look into our AWA membership. One thing I want to mention is Dr. Sasena is our lifetime uh, member. It's a really distinguished. Uh, she is our AI, uh, loyal member of AIAA. Uh, so if you're interested in membership, please look into AIAA.org uh, slash join, or you can contact us. Uh, we uh, uh, would like you, uh, to connect to you, and if you're interested in uh, Los Angeles Vegas section, volunteering opportunity, please, please contact me, contact us. Okay, so Dr. Sasena actually gave us a, a couple of talks before. Uh, but uh, anyway, she is now, she is currently working as a technical lead at NASA AMS for one of the research programs under NASA's Air Traffic Management Exploration, ATM-X initiative. Her research interests include data science for aviation, ATM, computational fluid dynamics, and HPC, high-performance uh, you know, computers, en uh, engine icing, uh, turbo machinery, and aero aeroacoustics. Before joining NASA, Dr. Swati has worked at ANSYS uh, and the Global GE Global Research Center. She has also held an adjunct faculty position at Santa Clara University. She is a lifetime senior member of AIAA. She has 25 plus technical publications and holds two patents. She completed her ma uh, master's degree and a PhD in aerospace engineering from Pennsylvania State University and completed her undergraduate study from IIT Kapoor in India. So thank you so much, Dr. Uh, 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 Sasena. So uh, please, uh, everybody enjoy the talk and uh, bring your question and uh, we'll have a, a Q&A after the presentation. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much for the introduction, Ken, and thank you um, again for inviting me to uh, give this talk. Uh, I, every time I, you know, uh, uh, presented at this forum. I've really enjoyed the this discussion, especially the discussion we have after the presentation. So looking forward to that. And also if we are out of time today uh, for any reason, please feel free to reach out to me later on as well. We can always have follow-up discussion about the project that I'm going to talk about today and any other related questions. So thank you. Thank you again for joining. Uh, so let me, I'm just stopping my video to save some bandwidth. Uh, so today, I'm uh, going to talk about one of the uh, sub-projects that I'm uh, technical lead of. It's called Digital Information Platform. Um, in short, we call it DIP. And it's one of the projects within air traffic management exploration project that we have at NASA Aeronautics. Um, so I'll, I'll go over, you know, the 
uh, introduction about the project, how it sits within the overall uh, ARMD, NASA's ARMD organization. Uh, what is our research and technology plan as part of this project? Uh, we have few field demonstrations planned throughout the project life cycle. So I'll give you an overview of what those are, because that's where really we are uh, looking for partnership opportunities with uh, both small businesses as well as industry uh, to support these field demonstrations and uh, along the way. So I'll go over that in more detail as well. Um, I think Ken already talked about my background, so I'll uh, skip this slide. Uh, so to, to give you a better idea of where this project sits within the overall um, NASA uh, Aeronautics Research Mission Directorate. Uh, you can see the uh, the flow down here, basically. So ARMD has uh, six specific thrust areas for next generation uh, research and technology development within NASA. And they uh, span across uh, different areas, as you can see, uh, towards safe, efficient growth in global operations. So that would uh, be related to the air traffic management that I'm going to talk about today. Then commercial supersonic aircraft, you must be aware of several initiatives going on in that area. NASA has been pretty active in uh, developing a supersonic aircraft uh, technology themselves. Uh, ultra efficient commercial vehicles uh, testing different uh, ways to uh, reduce uh, fuel consumption, alternate, test different alternate fuels, saps, and so on. Uh, safe, quiet, and affordable vertical lift air vehicles is one. In time, SWS assurance, system wide safety and autonomy uh, for aviation transformation. So these are the big um, uh, six thrust areas that uh, ARMD currently has. And within those, uh, uh, if we break it down, we come to uh, air space operations and safety, AOSP um, branch, which takes care of all the R&D work going on in the operations and safety of our aviation uh, of the of the airspace. So within that uh, program, we have a, pro, a, a project called ATMX, Air Traffic Management Exploration, and that is what I'm uh, part of. Uh, within the ATMX, we have four uh, sub-projects and digital information platform is one of them. So this is what I'm currently working on as a technical lead. And we have a team of about, uh, I would say, like 60, 60 plus people who are working on the project. We have a, a project manager uh, and who oversees the entire project and it's it's a big project it, it has we are partnering with airlines and other industry partners as well uh, so and as you will see later on with the field demonstrations there are different um, tasks that are currently going on within dip so it's it's a it's a big team uh, that we have for uh, dedicated for dip itself Okay, so just to uh, give you a little bit more uh, background and context to why we are working on this developing this digital information platform for uh, aerospace operations. Um, you might have seen this 
chart before but this this basically shows how we want to progress and achieve this digital transformation of air traffic management of current nas national airspace system uh, going from uh, the what it's currently is be the for example trajectory based optimization and we basically do a lot of uh, proactive planning we take into account weather prediction weather forecast we want to make sure we are optimizing on the operational cost and efficiency of the overall operations we want to reduce emissions and so on but a lot of those constraints and aspects uh, of overall aerospace operations are done in silos so you're optimizing for something and then uh, it's it's not a, like a multi-objective optimization and uh, uh, still and their and decisions are made independently uh, to say what digital information platform aims for 2035 is the epoch four where we are really looking for collaborative uh, service oriented architecture for, for uh, mission uh, for tailored missions and it would not only include the commercial um, aviation which we are currently targeting but eventually it will open up to other uh, airspace operations as well with unmanned vehicles, automated vehicles, delivery drones, and so on. So it's it's developing that collaborative ecosystem, and we want to use this platform as a foundation for that. And by the time we are ready for uh, urban air mobility and uh, drill, uh, delivery drones, drones, and so on, we have this uh, infrastructure in place which can be scaled for this collaborative uh, uh, airspace operation. So this is what we are aiming. Now, uh, how the how the this uh, project started? So. Uh, it, it started about two, two and a half years back. So it, it is not, not a very old project in uh, NASA uh, terminology. And uh, the way it started was we had a RFI um, out in 2019 to collect input from uh, airline <laughs> operators, airport operators, um, FA and other vendors that we that we work with, small businesses and so on, to really see what is the need. Where, where do they see biggest challenges in terms of their operational needs, uh, what gaps uh, they currently see, and where what are their pain points? So we received about 40 responses for that RFI, and we consolidated, we studied all the responses, we consolidated all the input that we got from our stakeholders, and really came up with these uh, five uh, requirements or needs from, uh, from those RFIs. So first of all, it was clearly, it was clearly evident that the current uh, aviation data is very segregated. It's 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 not uh, easy to access all the uh, complete set of data in a like a simplified manner. So which will lead to like increase access to NAS information, right? So that was one of the common theme that we uh, 
came to know. Improved data quality. So there is data available from different data sources. FAA has their own data feeds. Airline operators have their own uh, data feeds. Uh, but it 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 we have to. There has to be a some kind of uh, authentic kind of source or single source of truth that uh, people will have trust in uh, to get access to that data. The solutions, uh, if we look at the, so the, so if we look at air airspace operations currently, there are several models that are out there, both developed by government and also in private industry to optimize certain aspect of the operations. For example, if you are op optimizing your flight route for um, uh, for to avoid certain weather. Uh, for avoid turbulence, for example, to avoid uh, certain uh, you know weather pattern, some something like that. So those kind of models is still do exist today. They they have they have been adapted for several years, but how do you convert them to reusable solutions? How they can be used as building blocks for something, for another level of um, decision making. So that that's basically another common theme that uh, was realized then commercialization methodology uh, so what what really that means is if once we have these different models and solutions out there how do we uh, bring this all together and create an ecosystem where you not only have access to these you are calling these services you can think of it as um, a software module Right, that that does something specific and gives you an, an a prediction or an outcome based on the inputs you give it. So both the services and information. Information means again the data, aviation data that we have that we uh, uh, that we have access to. How do we bring this together and develop a ecosystem where people can uh, shop for these services and information as well? Um, and then uh, sustainability is definitely a very important topic and how these services are tailored towards increasing not only the airspace operations efficiency, but also the sustainable, um, also incorporate solutions that, are, uh, that help us achieve the goal of, uh, goal of uh, sustainable aviation. So digital reroute, disruption management, trajectory optimization, and so on. So do those kind of advanced services, how do we uh, bring all those together? So I spent a lot of time on this slide, but I wanted to give you an idea of how uh, we came to how, uh, the conclusion of uh, selecting the really focusing on the topics that we have picked for this uh, project. Okay, so uh, once we clearly identified our stakeholders' needs, uh, we decided to build um, a platform, a digital information platform, which will uh, give us all these benefits that, that kind of I've highlighted here. And this again goes back to the previous slide, so I'll not spend too much time here, but uh, the objective here is that we will have faster access to integrated aviation data. Uh, the services should be easy to search and discover. 
we should have the uh, the architecture should be such that we are able to extend those services we are able to build on those services and we are able to scale those services across different uh, airports uh, it should be reusable uh, it should be trust uh, worthy information transparency and uh, everything should be available for the consumers to look at and make a informed decision if a service is uh, we we are collecting metrics to monitor the performance of a service and if that service uh, so the user can really see if the 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 performance meets their requirements on or not and that's when they can decide they want to use that service or not and of course enable services for sustainable aviation operations so these are our um, objectives and to summarize all of this and kind of in a one one uh, statement if you want to um, give uh, uh, like an objective for this project so it will come down to uh, accelerate nast and transformation for advanced data driven digital services to promote efficient aviation operations so that is what it comes down to and we are adopting a cloud based approach so that uh, the system is um, scalable and uh, readily available and accessible to to all the consumers for uh, both the data and for uh, reusable services D dr sowena um yeah questions now uh, so i've got a quick question so um just going to your top line there so this system and this service uh, will be cloud-based if i'm not mistaken that that is pretty mm -hmm. clear so um are, are, are we already in the process of, of talking to commercial providers like Google and um, and like Oracle, or is that still something that will come later on down the down the project pipeline? Over. Yeah. So no, um, uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question, and we have um, we are using AWS as our um, cloud uh, provider right oh. now, and all the yeah so that's that's the architecture we are using okay can we go back one chart i got a question mm -hmm. uh one, one chart uh so for trusted information um on the lower left hand quadrant there of your mm -hmm. slide um have you guys started discussing or identifying with asoc authoritative sources sources of truth and with, with, if you guys are within asoc um, will, will you create or do you have a governing body governing body that, mm -hmm. that validate and verify what those authoritative sources are truth or within your community or within, within your cloud. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, yeah, it does. And I'm um, familiar with ASOT and uh, the the entire um, kind of uh, paradigm of uh, uh, how that information is flowing and how do we make sure it's, uh, it's all secure and reliable. So we are... Uh, talking to FA uh, about that and the so what what we are not looking into or touching right now are any of the uh, current FA policies or standards in okay. terms of collecting that information like so, this would be an example yes yes right? mm -hmm. okay okay and I'm sorry it's just these are same uh, challenges that we're facing at Space Force, so yes. I see some items being mirrored, uh, mirror here, and, uh, mm -hmm. and 
I, I guess I want to be provocative because these are challenges that we're facing, right? <laughs> Over. Right. Right. No, this is a very relevant topic, and we are having. So we are we are following FA's guidance in this area. To to be to be honest, um, if um, so, they have if so they have a a, a data field called uh, Swim that they provide access to so which contains different kind of uh, aviation operation related data and that's kind of their uh, the, the a sort that they look at we pull in uh, data from swim from fa swim feed and uh, add different uh, data feeds to it and we have come up with an integrated service called fuser i can can uh, tell you a bit more about that now how to uh, the policies and standards which have to be um, all the all the data services that are available on this platform will have to follow those standards and those are uh, really we are following FA lead on that and uh, so that that's that's what that's what we are focusing on right now uh, we are not looking into modifying or updating any of their current standards in terms of uh, data acquisition and uh, kind of formats. Got it, got it. Okay, so yes, uh, deferring back to yeah. that, I, I, I kind of, um, I could see that picture a little bit clearer. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so um, to further explain how the platform will work, uh, it's a pictorial representation of the platform and uh, We've already looked at different uh, uh, components it would bring together, but here I was I would just like to uh, explain this um, this picture bottom up to give you more clarity. Uh, so data sources, as I mentioned, we have we are collecting data feeds from different sources such as um, FA data feeds for aviation data from airline operators as well as weather data. And then uh, we have built a, a data integration service service uh, by combining those. It's called it's called Fuser, uh, and it was built actually pre-dip and uh, as part of another project, ATMX project. And now we have just bought it on the dip platform. So this is that's just an example of a data integration service. Any other service provider can build their own service and host it on the platform as well. So now this the cylinder, the block you see, this like the common platform we have on cloud. And these blocks are those individual services that will uh, help in airspace uh, operations. And then it can be, the customers can be really any anybody who, uh, who is operating their vehicle in airspace, as you can see. So both related to ground operations like runway prediction, as well as air operations like front-end uh, applications where you have the service available to the operator and they are able to suggest a flight reroute or uh, any other change to the schedule depending on the uh, current situation. Of course, we are working hand-in-hand -hand with FA and uh, um, the local um, air traffic control as well to implement these uh, uh, these services. So Dr. right now, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, by the way, yes, Rick Garcia again here, sorry. 
Uh, so so are, are we currently involving the commercial providers or the commercial customers into these conversations, into these focus groups? An example of that would be like like Delta Airlines, um, you know, Southwest, um, you know, even some of the foreign international uh, firms, right? Like our, our um, you know, um, like the Scandinavian airlines, are they currently part mm -hmm. of the uh, group within these conversations over? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we had a, a, a collaboration opportunity and announcement for collaboration opportunity ACO out specifically for flight operators uh, that is like commercial airlines last year. We have selected, uh, the selection has already been, been made for partnering with them. I cannot uh, uh, say the names right now because it's not announced, publicly announced yet. But yes, we are in active, uh, we are actively talking to the, the airlines you just mentioned and they are com they are aware of what we are planning to do and we, are, we continuously uh, seek their feedback and input as we are developing the platform. Okay, and, and the, the only reason I asked the question is we're running into concerns with intellectual property, right? Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. What can be contributed to the system and what could be open source or what the, what the right. would want to give, right? There's some information that they might not want to release because it's proprietary and it may affect their, it's part of their business model, right? Over right, right. Yes, yes, that's a very important aspect of this kind of ecosystem. And uh, we are aware that these services and data, they, they can be, you know, proprietary and confidential. So it will be up to the service provider to uh, kind of uh, look at that aspect of uh, uh, their data and services and whatever they can host on the platform and be made and they will have that choice of whether it's like restricted or we can make this available for um, use by other airline operators or not. So yeah, all those, uh, yeah, all those things will be taken into account. That's why we have an attorney in the room, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's. I've got questions about that. But we'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So um, yeah, just expanding on this. So so uh, on this uh, on this visual representation, right? So we have uh, two types of um, opportunities, I would say, to engage with partners and airlines. One is called PS evals, and it stands for Partner Services Evaluations. And this is this is where we are really working with airlines and making them, um, giving them access to the platform, to the like early prototype of the platform that we currently have. And they will be able to test the services that we have currently developed and deployed on the platform, provide their feedback, and also um, uh, look at how if, if it's adding any value to to their day-to-day -day operations or not right so that this is like this is these are um, evaluations that will help us guide uh, and develop our platform in uh, to meet their stakeholders needs sfnp ops demos and um, in in a more simpler terms these are operational demos that are that are targeted towards sustainable aviation so we have four of these planned uh, uh, along the dip life cycle, and uh, we have already we completed or almost 
done with the first operational demo we are currently starting to work on the second one and the first one i'll go into more detail the second demo is on developing a service to avoid contrails which is a really a very important topic nowadays towards uh, to reduce climate impact of aviation um then we have third and fourth demo planned for irregular operations and 4D trajectory optimization that will come a bit later in the future. So two ways to engage with partners and uh, operators uh, in this project. Dr. Sawena, this is Rick yeah. uh, Another question at the top mm -hmm. right hand, you have the flight restriction box and mm -hmm. you have space the Saturn, um, looks like a Saturn or yeah. <laughs> oh, there. Um, so uh, are we thinking uh, about spaceports? Are they part of the conversation? Do we have any integrational leads within maybe NASA? Or let me even extend that further to maybe like the SpaceX or, or the uh, North American space flight folks. I've got spaceports, spaceports popping up in Texas uh, pretty soon. Mm -hmm. I know that to the spaceport uh, flight restriction kind of areas with, within FAA. Uh, so. Uh, mm -hmm there over okay um, excellent question and and no we are not currently uh, talking to spacex and on the space side of nasa as well uh, to extend these services for space spaceports but this could be a very um, good um, next step of this project uh, what i am representing here is really the uh, the airspace the uh, restrictions that are imposed for commercial airspace when for example there is a launch happening from cape canaveral and you have a you know, like we saw earlier uh, last year with the, uh, so so the uh, so you have that two hour window or four hour window where you are not allowed to fly in that space so adding all those restrictions in your flight planning at the uh, last moment. So those that's that's what what's represented here. Okay, good copy. Thank you. Yep. Over. Okay, so yeah, just uh, expanding on the dip ecosystem. Um, uh, as uh, as we are, as I mentioned, we are we have the airline operators, flights flight operators, U.S. operator ap applications, and uh, other operator applications for next gen. Uh, aviation uh, vehicles. So these can all be the users of this platform. And then we have the data source providers, uh, including FAA and service providers. So we are really bringing all uh, the three pillars together here uh, with data providers, service providers to optimize these services or to optimize the airspace operations and um, really the consumers for uh, uh, different uh, categories of uh, aviation vehicles. Okay, so um, I touched upon the field demonstrations and partner service evaluations that we are currently doing as part of DIP. So these are helping us 
develop the platform and also at the same time get our partner feedback on time to make sure you know that we are aligned with the stakeholder needs we also have a university challenge aspect of this project which is going on in parallel we are already done with the first university challenge completed in 2021 and i can uh, point you to the Uh, the outcome of that challenge and uh, what the problem statement was and so on the second university challenge is going to get uh, live at the end of this month and that is based on federated learning uh, so federated learning is an aspect of machine learning where um to address your uh, previous point on data security and privacy uh, airlines sometimes they don't want to share data with the other airlines or um outside and but they still want to use that to build more accurate machine learning models so federated learning is an approach that can be used there and i can tell you a bit more about that if we have time but that's basically the topic we have chosen for the second university challenge and uh, uh we have a problem statement um that uh, that will be out at the end of the month universities will and students will participate in that challenge and we have some prize money that we will be giving uh, out to the uh, winners as well um then then um, this is the reference digital information platform which is basically the core of our uh, project and uh, uh, the platform that is cloud based as i mentioned using aws er developing and i'll i'll show you a few snapshots to give you an idea of where we currently how the platform currently looks okay so um to give you a little more detail about the the platform itself it has um, several features as you can see here so it it has a catalog where you can register your service or you can look for a, a particular service and it will have a lot of information about the service itself which version it is what what the performance uh, metrics are and so on um of course there is security aspect of it so we are uh, looking into what would be a uh, a good way to authenticate the user and authorize the user once they sign into the platform uh the services can be connected or registered to the platform uh, using a api connection and then there is uh, there will the platform and service performance will be monitored and reported so all those um uh reporting and uh, data analytics will be available on the platform uh talked about the type of services so data data stream data access and then uh on the cloud right now we have some nasa registered services that we have built for uh, for certain predictions and then as in the next phase we'll be bringing on board partner uh, services as well and this is currently available and this is the part where we are uh, you know we're currently working on and through this uh, partnership agreement um, we'll we'll uh, the partners will also be able to register their services dr soena this is rick garcia again um so in the middle tier on the far mm -hmm. right can you yeah. explain on that or provide us an example 
over? Yes. So data monetization is again a, uh, a topic that we are that we have started to look into um, and we are currently deciding on the technology we want to use there first of all and then what will be the what what's our uh, partners feedback on this concept so when i say data monetization i really mean uh, how uh, this is this is a, a a reference implementation we are working on as nasa but once the technology matures and it's in the it's out in the commercial space um service providers for would for example want to make uh, money on the services that they are providing so how would that transaction look like uh, how can someone pay for their service when they are using um, their service through the platform how uh, or even all the data that's like flowing through the uh, platform and it's going to be available how can that be monetized so there are two aspects of it um, just purely related to how the the aviation data can be uh, leveraged and shared as well as how the monetary transaction can happen through the platform so that's what we are um, looking at within data monetization nice okay hey doctor this is uh, jeremy robbins i'm with the faa um kind of a follow-on question to that are we looking mm -hmm. at this, some sort of paid subscription service that the government's going to run or is this more like gps where it's just free to everybody what's kind of the thought right now i mean that might not be decided but kind of what's the leaning right now yeah so we are looking into a paid subscription service and again it nasa will as a as a uh, research organization we will not be uh, uh, charging anything or the money transaction will not happen through nasa this is a reference implementation we want to have in place maybe with uh, you know a token money or or something something like that just to represent that the platform has this capability and once it's uh, the tech transfer is complete and it's taken up by a commercial entity they can um, really use it, use the same mechanism to make these transactions so subscription based based is something that we are you know looking into that yeah so, so jeremy it's like me uh dealing with fair here and starting a company hey let's start a company and charge a subscription service because the data is here right <laughs> so yeah I'll, I'll, <laughs> we'll go ahead and start an amazon or google for this service you know <laughs> thank you thank you dr thank you, Dr. Over. Okay, but yeah, this I would say this is still you know in early stages of our discussion with partners and uh, of course FA and um, others. So we're still down selecting which path we want to go, and specifically as part of the uh, the project uh, when when it's when when NASA is you know uh, maintaining it, how far do we want to go along this road? Okay, so these are some more details, but I think in the interest of time, I'll skip these some of these technical features on the platform. This just elaborates on the previous slide on uh, some of the you know distributed architecture, data storage, and uh, API connections that we are uh, building on the platform. Uh, but but uh, the size will be shared, so you can you can have, have 
have a look in uh, uh, around the different features here. Um, this is just architectural representation of the platform right now. So we have the uh, the AWS um, DIP platform account where you can um, look at the catalog. It's a catalog user interface which you re uh, currently um, need NASA authentication, go through Access Launchpad authentication to get access to. And this, this uh, once you become a partner, so that's when we will provide you with the necessary credentials to register on the platform. And uh, also <clears throat> this block here is representing the NASA services, which are currently available on the platform. And uh, it consumes or uses the different external data feeds for weather, um, airlines, and also FA, and uh, builds or uses those uh, those that data to build the services and it's connected to the platform via an API connection. So this can be a non-NASA service as well, and eventually partners will be registering their services through the same mechanism. So this just shows uh, like a high-level representation of the uh, workflow uh, underneath. Dr. Selena, Rick Garcia here. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Dumb question, but like where would NOTEMs play into this? Would NOTEMs be part of like an external data feed? Over? Yeah, NOTEMs can be uh, part of an external data feed, yeah, if, if at all we want to make that available on DIP. So it will be something uh, similar to this. Thank you. Okay, so as part of the our uh, discussion with the stakeholders, we identified few high value services for the platform and that's what we have been focusing on and developing uh, within NASA. Uh, so I talked about diffuser services. This is basically a integrated data services uh, service. Um, then uh, without going into too, too much detail here, I want to highlight that these are mostly related to optimizing the airport operations, ground operations, and also uh, doing the demand uh, balance. So that's, for example, surface conge congestion prediction, um, noise prediction for new entrants. So there are some interesting services that we kind of identified that would be useful for um, the operators to have on the platform. And uh, within uh, with the next collaboration opportunity, we will be looking at service providers who can support the platform with uh, one or more of these services. Okay, so show you to give you a, um, a look into the, the DIP uh, platform um, that we currently have. So this is what the user interface looks like. And you can see that I have currently logged in with my uh, credentials here. And you have, we have services 
for in different categories. So if you can select, you can select uh, these categories and then those services will show up. Currently you see NASA logo for all the services because all of them were developed by NASA. We will we'll change the logos later, but uh, this basically shows, um, for example, NASA arrival runway service, uh, departure fix utilization service, departure runway service, and so on. Some of these are machine learning based, and that's where we have really tried to improve from the current uh, status, and um, we're getting some promising results there. Uh, so there are options to register your service, just browse for the existing service, and also uh, connect for uh, support. Okay, uh, so if we click on a particular service, this is what you what you will currently see. So you'll see the version, uh, how many users are currently uh, using the service, what kind of service it is, like REST API and so on. And then about the service and also some QoS parameters that we'll be collecting from the service uh, providers uh, for uh, what's the availability looks like and what's the response time and so on. And also performance metrics so that you know that this, if you have two similar services on the platform, you know which one you know you would like to use. You can compare uh, multiple services. Okay, so um, the four uh, operational demos that I previously talked about all related to optimizing operations and infrastructure for sustainable aviation. So these are the four topics um, that we have selected for these demos. Uh, the first one is CDDR, it's collaborative digital departure reroute, uh, basically looking at optimizing ground operations. Here you see uh, a snapshot of a, of a runway and different uh, aircrafts um, uh, going to a certain, on a certain schedule to take off from certain runway and then there's some weather uh, condition that happens and then how do you like, reroute it and optimize the ground operations. Uh, this is currently under un, um, underway and I'll, I'll show you some of the results that we have obtained. Um, the contrail avoidance is the next topic that we are starting to look at and we are actively talking to again industry and other um, and academia who have already worked on, some, on this uh, problem in the past and have some models that we can use. Uh, irregular operations management is another um, topic that we'd like to pick up for the third demo and the trajectory optimization. So these, these are the four, four operational demos that we have planned and we'll be working with external partners as well to um, leverage some of the existing capabilities that are there. Okay, so just uh, giving you an example of the first operational demo. Uh, we have chosen North Texas airspace, so Love Field and DFW Airport to demonstrate this um, service. And it's the collaborative digital departure rerouting. And to just give you a, a 
sense of like what the problem is and what kind of solution we are looking at with the CTDR service, which is again a machine learning based service. I'll go into detail in a, uh, in, a in a second. So uh, there is sometimes because of certain weather related events, there is this demand capacity imbalance that happens and that this can result into significant delays. So yet here you see different uh, departure runways, gates, and if all these flights are um, now going to depart through the this gate, which, which really um, leads to this congestion and delay. Now, departure uh, with the CDDR system, this we will we can have enable flight operators to request reroutes and from the air traffic control. And here you can see we can divert some of these flights to different gates and uh, runways to uh, relieve that congestion and uh, uh, have have re uh, reduction in the departure delays. Okay, so this is one service that we have, we are currently testing in the North Texas area, and we have seen significant benefits. There are two more use cases that, you know, we have, we ended up uh, testing with the same service. The first one is uh, recovery from uh, a swap event, so severe weather avoidance plan. So what happened in this case is a flight was supposed to go from Dallas to New York, and yellow uh, is the final route that was selected, but red is the swap route that was selected to avoid certain weather event in this area. So the swap route that was initially selected by the operator was uh, around 200 miles to uh, longer than the optimal route and because it was using the south runway and it was avoiding this area this the, the, the where the weather was building up with this toss service what we ended up doing is um, very close to the departure time we were able to um, <clears throat> find uh, adjacent departure gate and uh, file a route that was uh, that will be around 200 miles shorter than the original planned route and will be will save on a certain amount of uh, carbon emissions as well as time for the flight so this was this not only reduced the surface delay but also had shorter flight time as compared to the swipe swap route that was initially planned so this was uh, another use case that we ended up looking at uh, then this, then the third use case is the non-TMI uh, tactical reroutes, which uh, is basically um, the situation where the gate, the parking gate, was closer to the trajectory option set to the toss runway than the filed route runway. So as compared to this, for example, red route, the departure, uh, the parking gate was closer to this yellow route uh, physically where when the flight will be uh, departing so this is this just again gives us some tactical opportunity to load balance runway demand and uh, use the 
use the existing infrastructure on the airport that uh, to kind of further optimize some of these operations. Dr. Selena, Rick Garcia, question. Yeah. It has to do with data and data collection. So according to your middle picture there, where we have the uh, country map, uh, does mm -hmm. the community and the current architecture, I mean, I guess this implies that the data and the data collection system is already built in, or do we need to concern ourselves with adding new sensors to be able to collect more information? Does that make sense? Over. Yes. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. And and the current this uh, service is built on the current data that we have. Oh, current. So we don't. Oh. Yeah. So we don't need any additional uh, flight related data or weather related data to make this um, decision. Okay. So so there's enough in the system, and the current architecture supports uh, yes. building the model. Okay. Good copy. Over. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, so uh, some of the results that I would like to highlight here uh, from the, the in terms of the savings. So with just by deploying the system, uh, we were able to op, uh, get these these savings between uh, January and September last year in the North Texas area. Uh, fuel savings, emissions, delays, and costs. So it it saved us across you know different. Uh, uh, aspects and all contributing to uh, of sustainable operations in a, in a way. Dr. Sawina, okay. do alternative fuels contribute to yeah. this identified here? Over no, this these are all yeah good questions. So these are all on on conventional um, aviation fuel. This is uh, we are not considering. Um, SAVs or alternate fuels right now in this uh, study. Over. Okay. So I'll quickly go over this. This is more on the logistics side, but it's important that, you know, we initially started and tested this, all this infrastructure in, in North Texas on NASA network, uh, but now this year and uh, beyond, we will be uh integrating everything into the cloud and uh, again to achieve that scalability and distributed architecture all those aspects and uh, scale at different other airports as well so this is this is in in progress okay so uh, i showed uh, already showed the benefits and the use cases for the CDDR service just under the hood, just to give you an idea of what is going on under the hood in that service. We have different machine learning based uh, services for ground operations like configuration, prediction, runway, taxi time, on time, and all those are eventually fed into the overall uh, departure uh, reroute service to give you the optimal prediction that you just saw on a you know, couple of slides back. So these are um, consuming FA data. These are consuming the fuser data feed I talked about earlier, weather data, and so on, and then um, giving predictions to um, optimize the ground operations. Okay, so I'll uh, uh, at least 
skip this slide. This goes into more detail on the machine learning, how we are building the machine learning pipeline and uh, in the interest of time. But uh, uh, this this is something that we will we'll be we'll be sharing later on. So you can have a look. We'll eventually be making these models publicly available. There is already machine learning model available for at this GitHub location. Um, so which can be uh, further, you know, looked at, trained, and uh, so the data is uh, as we are building these models, we keep uh, making them public as well. Um, it's a simple architectural diagram for the machine learning service workflow, the CDDR service that we have. Uh, different types of data storage are available. Uh, data feed is coming in. There are two types of monitors. We have real-time machine learning and long-term machine learning monitor. And at the back end, we have this machine learning training pipeline, uh, cleaning up the data, uh, doing some feature engineering, model building and training, and then uh, model data and model analysis. And this, uh, everything is uh, version controlled and so on. So this gives you uh, like a snapshot of how the information and data is flowing in the back end and it is using supervised learning one of the classification models to make runway and taxi time and uh, configuration airport configuration prediction dr selena this is rick garcia uh who's mm -hmm. currently running the the machine learning effort is is it under aws over uh, so these were all being run on NASA clusters. So it was not, it was on-prem. Now it is being ported to AWS. So yes, in FY23, the plan is to be able to run all the models on the cloud and uh, yeah, at different at the other airports as well. Okay. So I suspect that like in the future service, potential service providers would be able to have access to this, uh, right? Over? Uh, yes, so the, this, uh, as far as these machine learning models are concerned, they will be made uh, publicly available for anyone to improve on or, or use their, you know, data set to test and uh, train the models further. Yes. Okay, good copy over. Thank you. Okay, uh, so an example of the machine learning prediction service performance. Um, I'll just go over the, yeah, just this one um, arrival runway prediction that we have. And you see the dates on the x-axis and percentage is basically uh, the percentage of time where the accuracy was, uh, what was the like the prediction accuracy. So that's, so this black vertical line is when the machine learning model was deplo deployed. Uh, before that, uh, it was uh, being uh, calculated from the uh, the traditional calculations that they had, the models that they had uh, at DFW. So we saw around uh, seven and a half percent improvement after the machine using the machine learning approach to uh, make predictions. Uh, similarly, for the estimated takeoff time. ETOT prediction as well. Uh, this was before and after 
uh, machine learning deployment. So the deviation went down, the STDs, this is the standard deviation, which should be lower. So that was going in the right uh, direction. Uh, so we are seeing some promising results by deploying machine learning. Of course, it has to be further improved. And once we test at other airports, we will see how the machine learning model behaves uh, at in other conditions as well. Doctor, we so do, yeah. said real world airports. So you guys are actually taking data off of current current um, environments over? Yes, yes. Oh, nice. Uh, from SWIM, yeah, FA, SWIM, feed data feed, and other data sources. So these are real world data. This is not, wow. yeah, dirty oh, data. Over. We have publications on these um, uh, machine mo learning models and uh, use cases that are uh, that are published like at AIA and other uh, conferences. So um, that th those uh, can be provided as well. Okay, so the second topic I want to touch upon is the uh, the contrail avoidance service, and then this is something you know that's that's currently and, and this is something um, they are actively uh, talking to partners about. So I want to just highlight that uh, this is an important one. And if there is some interest and you would like to talk to us about it, uh, let me know. Um, so contrails, as you know, they form. Um, because of the ice condensation on the um, uh, the carbon uh, particles in the emissions of the aircraft exhaust. So they act as nuclei, those carbon particles, and then your uh, ice uh, condenses on it. So the it, it impacts climate. There is global warming impact. There's warming impact because of contrails similar to cirrus clouds, and it uh, you can um, look in the theory and the publications that it is it has a significant amount of warming because of aviation because of just because of contrails. If you look at the overall contribution from aviation. So this is becoming an important topic of uh, research and we would like to avoid contrails if possible. So what we are looking at is developing a reroute option generator and suggestion uh, to avoid contrails. And, but to get to this, of course, you have to, there's a lot of you know, theory you have to, or, or models you have to look at to first of all, uh, predict contrail formation regions, then, uh, predict what would be the contrail climate impact because in that region, in that situation, and then come up with an avoidance plan. So we are looking at all these functions. Uh, we would like to use if uh, what already exists out there. So some of these models for contrail identification, uh, contrail prediction regions and so on. And then we'll be, you know, we can use those as building blocks for this reroute option generator. Uh, once the um, pre-departure and as well as in flight. Once the flight is in air, we can, uh, and especially for long overhaul flights, we can let the pilot uh, know in advance if we can submit the reroute request, uh, even up to like 30 minutes or one hour in advance, there should be able to take an alternate route and, and avoid the contrails. So that's that's the plan there. Dr. Sawina, Rick Garcia, 
is there currently does NASA or FAA track contrail data uh, by large data? You know, like is there no. a database that tracks it um, as current use or or what's created? Over. I'm not sure about FAA, but NASA has. Uh, been uh, collecting this data through satellite images. Uh, so NASA Geo satellites 16, 17, they have uh, you can you can see contrails in those images, uh, and you get those feeds every one minute, five minute, ten minute, depending on the geographical regions. So that's one good data set that we have for identifying uh, for detecting contrails. Uh, it it's a and and, and uh, to your to answer question about um, any um, real world data set about uh, contrail occurrence, I'm not aware of. But we are discussing about what would be a good way, to like like uh, the sensor uh, on board an aircraft or a, like a camera, uh, something something that kind of tracks that uh, live and. Uh, gives that provides that data feed. Okay, good copy. Over, Barrett. We got to start a company. Yeah, build a sensor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are actually yeah actively talking about that for how. Um, so the, it looks like the technology exists, but it's it's not uh, you know uh, currently on board. Okay, so I'll. Uh, I'll wrap up here. There was there's a lot had to cover, so I tried to at least you know condense it in an hour and give you an uh, high level overview of what uh, what all we are working on in this project and how uh, people can partner with us. So through these field demonstration or partner services evaluation demonstrations, we will have a ACO coming up for um, service providers next month hopefully in february 2023 and uh, there was a aco for flight operators last year and we are already in the process of announcing the new partners which will be some of the commercial airlines as you can imagine um, so uh, and there is we, we also have a web website i want to post a link here but i can do that in the chat later and the uh, you can view some of this material there as well and what was shared in our flight operator ACO in case you are interested. So with that, I'll stop um, and uh, uh, can take few few more questions. Um, Mr. Robinson, I saw you have a question. Do you want to speak out? Hi there, John Robinson, Cabin Solutions. Um, when you speak of DIP, the current capabilities being deployed to AWS, are you referring to public AWS or, or GovCloud? Uh, you're referring to the public AWS right now. Uh, it's uh, not using GovCloud. Thank you. But that, that is a possibility if uh, the industry would like to go in that direction, but right now we're using commercial. Any question for folks online? Sean, do you want to say something? 
quite a few chat messages. Yeah, is there, is there any questions in chat? It was, uh, but it's, uh, it's just something. Oh. Well, this gentleman has left, so uh, he's not. I'll ask you a quick question, Doc. This is Chairman Robbins. Yes. I'm with I'm yes. an attorney with the FAA. So I'll definitely get with you later on about the contrails. That's certainly something as an environmental attorney we're, we're super interested in. Um, for, I was kind of curious, at the FAA, when you say you're talking to the FAA, who at the FAA are you talking to exactly? Uh, yeah, so we are currently um, talking to the next gen uh, oh, organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and contrails, as I mentioned, this is something that we are starting, uh, just start getting started on. So this will be uh, some um, a topic that we would like to start uh, talking to. I mean, they are already aware of it. They are already aware of our plan. But how, uh, you know, how would it be eventually implemented? Why would, what would be the incentive for an airline operator to avoid contrails, right? Because they would probably end up um, uh, burning more fuel. There would be more cost to them to for rerouting so what what's what's the government policy going to be there what uh, how would fa play a role there so those are all the questions that we are trying to trying to answer yeah and then one other quick question for you is the um mm -hmm. the air carriers I, uh, we, we call them airlines but anyone who's going to be doing, doing air transportation or that type of thing are yeah. they going to be a like requirement that they uh, provide certain data if they link into this system, or is it going to be like again like the GPS example where they they just get it, they pay their subscription fee, they just get data, but they're not there's no requirement on their end to input data. What's the thought process right yeah. now? Yeah. Yes. No, so we we are not um, there. There is no agreement like that they can only be using the services they don't have to share any data uh, any or, or commit to any deliverable from their side uh, that's that's the current and uh, uh, agreement that we that we have with them um, yeah if they are, they are they are welcome to you know register uh, some of their own data services or provide data but it's not a requirement thank you um, Doctor, I have one quick question. This is uh, Dan. I'm with the University of California. Um, is there any chance or hope or discussion about trying to integrate a uh, crew duty time as one of the variables in this? So if you reroute somebody, you know, it's probably an edge case, but you know, mm -hmm. don't want to somebody and put them on a flight path that gets them over their duty time by the time they land. Oh, oh and add to that noise. Because that's yes. what we say all the time. That's what everyone complains about: noise, not contrast. Noise. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, by noise, you are you uh, referring to like the, the aircraft takeoff or landing noise, to so airport noise, really, or? Um... I, I was going with the uh, dance thing with the uh, crew rest. Um, the yeah. uh, noise is particularly from the, the routes. You know, we have certain departure routes that uh, we have in place because of noise. Is that something mm -hmm. that's all in place along with the um, crew rest yeah, I mean, and all those issues? I yeah, even, yeah. I mean, I know all the airlines now do their own crew rest on their own. I don't know if it's practical to make a central database that could be connected to an API, but I didn't know if that, that was a. Yeah, that's a interesting point, and I'm um, not aware of it. If they have a such a like a database, and that can be plugged into into uh, you know 
yeah, determining these the routes. Yeah, yeah that's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, thank uh, thank you for bringing it up. I'll uh, I'll see what 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 we currently have, what the current status is. Yeah, and noise is definitely a factor. Nice. Uh, and if yeah, that's if that's that's the reason a certain departure fix has been selected, then that has to be uh, know, complied with. So yeah, so the air, uh, the noise uh, envelope that we have around the airport, that those restrictions have to be uh, have to be met. Yeah, uh, as I said, yeah, yeah I, I will send uh, uh, your information to Daniel and send that information to you so we can chat more on the cruise next time. And also, Jeff, uh, actually, the Jeremy uh, response is also my feeling because every time I went to FAA related meetings, it's always noise. You know, that, that is definitely true. Mm. People talk about noise all the time. Uh, that is true. The country, I can tell you, mostly people uh, talking about country, people like Dr. Bradley talking about this kind of environmental, um, uh, like uh, fuel efficiency or, or the uh, the carbon zero people, uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There, there could be other concerns. So, you know, I'm just talking about in general. Right. But NASA must have been, you know, serious about this. So they launched the satellite, you mentioned to, to monitor, there must be something very important to do. You know? but, but I'm just saying in, for, for uh, on the ground, so, mm -hmm. People talk, talk that that is true. Noise is noise. Okay, no, that's a very good point, and I'll uh, certainly um, follow up on that because noise has been a concern. Uh, there have been different. Uh, so one of the ways we were looking at, and, and not through this project, but I worked in the past when uh, when the when a when an aircraft is taxiing, if it can operate the essential. Uh, uh, um, cabin lights and other um, things on uh, battery and uh, have the engines in idle mode or uh, don't need to turn them on until, you know, later in the operational uh, um, setting. So through to like, reduce the noise. Uh, so those, yes, noise is definitely I used to work in, in acoustics in the area of acoustics before. So look at jet noise and so on, how we can reduce that. But overall, operational ground operational noise is is important factor. So then, thank you for bringing that up. I'll uh, uh, definitely bring that up in our so you know, discussions internally because we are uh, looking into uh, ideas for the third and fourth uh, field operation uh, demos that I mentioned. And if this is uh, this this comes at the top, then you know we'll basically decide on. What kind of feedback we are getting? What is the what are the to address some of the big pain points of the industry? Yeah, I was just thinking of the classic example of that doctor is when we did Metroplex here at at, LA, at Lawa, um, mm -hmm. as the computer started to take over more of the the routing as far as the, the arrivals. Yeah, and the result of that is it was more efficient, but it it um, put everything on the same route. And as a result of that, then the same neighborhood kept getting the getting blasted mm. over again. And so, it, in the interest of being more efficient, it was, but it also created a much, uh, much more narrower noise band, which then made mm -hmm. it much obvious to the public that there's aircraft all over their head. So that's just something I just want to make sure you guys are aware of and factoring into your models, especially as you're doing all this machine learning. 
And yeah, then yeah. Mm -hmm. this, like, I'm super excited about this. Um, it, we're, we're having this exponential growth in aircraft. We have 300,000 general aviation aircraft in the United States right now, a million mm -hmm. drones, the number of drones is looking to grow exponentially for the next forever. So mm -hmm. I'm super excited about the project. I was just kind of the, the timeline. When are you guys looking at coming up with like a prototype that people can jump on? When When is that? What's the thought there? 2035 is a long way away. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah. So, so the dip timeline, and let me go back to my initial chat. So, uh, and and people can um, sign up. So, one of the ways I would suggest, if you, if uh, any of you are interested in accessing the platform today, is to um, submit a response to the, uh, the the ACO that we have coming up at the end of the month and it is for a service provider ACO. So if you have any service in mind that will be, you think would be relevant for the platform, that's what we are looking for. So uh, the uh, going to the, the timeline chart, we have FY27 when the third demo is planned and then FY28 is this. So basically you can think of the dip life cycle as uh, uh, by it was, by FY28, we'll be done with all the demos and we'll be ready with the tech transfer. And um, hopefully this will be taken up by uh, a commercial uh, entity at that point and you know, they'll just run with it. So so that's that's the timeline. We are not, uh, yeah, 2035 is, is not when we plan to achieve all of this. Um, the, and, and uh, again, the way to get access to the platform is to become a partner. And to become a partner, you can uh, respond to the, we had the flight operator ACO last year. Now we are coming up with the service provider ACO. So once we, 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 we are selecting our partners through that process currently. Um, so that's um, definitely, I would, I would encourage you to have a look at the ACO. And I'll, I'll post those, um, Post the post the link here shortly on uh, of our uh, uh, dip website we have. Any any more questions? Um, yeah, uh, Dan with USC again. Um, maybe I missed it earlier, but um, are you using the science data for this at all? Or I know uh, the science data. Are you referring to some like, um, like the uh, miter where the airlines and corporate operators upload their quick access quarter data up to miter, then they can all anybody who has access to it can go through that um i don't know if... uh, not not currently i think we're oh. using some weather yeah weather data feeds uh, that are uh, publicly available so NOAA weather data lamp uh, okay. data feed not using science data either yeah yeah okay because uh that's why actually has to be uh at uh, 45 so she actually extended but even oh. more if it, if any anything we can uh, Los Angeles section uh, either we can help you uh, for helpful effort uh, to expedite the, the timeline or something like that. Let, let me know. We yeah, I, I want to see this tomorrow, not 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 twenty twenty eight. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 work in progress, and we would like to do it in stages. We and we don't want you to wait until FY twenty eight to um you know um get on it so um 
yeah please have a look at our website we'll be posting the aco very soon and then we are also actually updating our website so you'll have a you'll have a like a, a much upgraded version in a couple of months with lot more information and uh, resources there and again please feel free to uh, reach out to ken if you would like to talk on a particular topic and we can i can definitely set up a a call yeah, definitely. If if you want to do some uh, faster demo or or you know, say like, uh, you know Daniel, Jeremy, they they can help out or something. You know, we're happy to do that. Uh, to to this section, we'll be happy to support you. Uh, and, and the reason why I pop this top of this uh, upcoming event, you can see in the middle we have an event on February six. So Dr. Sasena, if you have time, please join us. Uh, this is uh, okay. Air Mobility. This company is building okay. the. Uh, Air, air bike stuff. So it's kind of getting hover popular. Bike. Hover. They call it a hover bike. Hover bike. Hover bike. Uh, so okay. uh, I think more headache for, for you guys. I'm, I've got all kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we've been flying Chinooks for years. It's kind of like that. Uh, so sorry, Ken, I'll have to. Um, thank, you, thank you so much. Thank you, uh, doctor. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for attending. Thank you for all your questions. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, for the remaining uh, attendee, uh, our next week, next Saturday, we'll have a uh, uh, outreach activity to Da Vinci School, right next to the LA Air Force Base, where Ricky Garcia uh, worked. Uh, in case you didn't, Da Vinci School is actually a very good um, uh, K twelve school. Uh, they actually have an emphasis on service people. Air Force, Navy, oh. Army, and uh, they are right next to LA Air Force uh, uh, based on El Segundo and then right after, right behind Millennium Space System, right across street of Aerospace Corporation. Yes. So they're actually in the heart of this South Bay area, so highly aerospace connected. Uh, so we finally had the opportunity to have a chance to have a meeting there and then they will, the director will give a talk, uh, short uh, introduction of the school, and uh, also the uh, their robotic team will give a presentation. And uh, we also have um, a group of students uh, from from France. Actually, their teacher actually was uh, in our attendee earlier from France, and they are going to give five uh, short talks, very exciting, including uh, electric hybrid cars, electric uh, hybrid aircraft, and um, also, how to use use the tidal tidal force between Earth and Moon for propulsion. Um, so it's going to be fun, and uh, we are trying to collect the needs and ideas to help out the uh, educators and students. So then you can see this air mobility, the Hopper event, as Jeremy said, uh, very exciting. And uh, then actually, I put the wrong picture. You can see the picture. Is yeah, there. I was going to say we just did this event. Yeah, sorry, but the the event is correct, uh, but the picture uh, we put it wrong. Uh, it is the uh, annual university student branches mini conference, which Daniel spoke as a panelist last year. So this year we'll do it in person in this room. Uh, so we have the keynote speaker from Lockheed Martin, uh, Skunk Works. He's uh, our, also our AWS fellow. Uh, he is the inventor of F-35 Beetle engine. Oh, wow. Yeah, he got the Guggenheim award, very uh, renowned and a very uh, distinguished speaker. So he will be here in person. So please join us. And uh, the student, we have UCLA, USC, UCLA, uh, U uh, 
USC, UCLA, Cal State Long Beach, and UNLV that are going to uh, tell us their exciting project. And you have a chance to interact with students uh, and uh, to help them, you know, or, or, or learn from them. That's whatever. my alma mater, UNLV. UNLV. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're UNLV. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, um, our educator, collegiate chief, the director, mm -hmm. Luis, he was a former UNLV student branch chair. So right now have unique union for UNLV folks <laughs> with Jeremy. Yes, very good. And uh, Barrett is, is interested in uh, recruiting, help people, you know, fighting opportunity, you know, join us. So there's a great opportunity too. Then we also have Dr. Nahum Menemen for Aerospace Corporation. Uh, he's going to talk about aerospace corporations, effort, opportunity, and uh, also uh, the planetary defense. He's actually our local uh, lead for from the aliens. Yes, from the aliens. That's why I want to do. Want to build a fleet, space force. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, can, you can annihilate any threat, aliens or or asteroids. Uh, the most oversold problem we have. And, and then the we have another speaker, actually Dennis, uh, who spoke two who days just ago. Spoke, who just spoke? Yeah, just spoke for uh, satellite one on one. He's going to talk about uh, like a. Uh, space you know the the space command you know the control center those kind of thing and but the all goal is to help the student to to know what to expect when they start to work as a professional after graduation so it's a great interaction the student branch are doing very good jobs they build very interesting drones uh have built and fly project and they also have rocket facility for student uh, usc has yeah. a very yeah. exciting that is a very exciting. Every year, everybody's just amazed. We're hoping Cal State, uh, uh, Caltech could join us again last year. If Daniel remember, they have a very exciting program, uh, but we don't know yet. So that's that's a good program. So we have more pro program coming up, but we're still kind of waiting. That's why I'm chatting with Sean. We might have uh, his presentation um, and uh, uh, others as well. Okay, so it looks like uh, uh, people are logging out. Uh, so anyway, but we are still online here. Uh, so thank you so much again. Have a wonderful evening. Uh, so see you next time. Great. Excellent. We're going to institute a new rule, Ken.